0: So moving on to segment number four for season five episode 15 with the theme of Navajo death. This one is new school storytelling and this segment looks at why cinematic films might be the savior of Navajo culture as more elders pass away and their children just don't have the time or the know-how to pass along information to their children. And um... So my whole point about that is um, doing uh, storytelling nowadays seems like it's going to be the the way of the future might be to do cinema, you know, cinematic storytelling, like even porno, you know, even pornos, they have uh, a storyline, you know, it might be the cheap pizza guy that comes over and, and uh, he's got, he's got an extra thick sausage for the lady or the plumber coming over wanting to clean out her pipes you know whatever scenario you want to use at least they're telling a story and you know it's it's a dirty story it's an erotic story um depending on what what your preference is you know it could be a good story too but um you know if they can do it so my point is if the porno industry can make films like like that and they're basically documentaries of two lives having intimate moments and now let's just take all the elements out of you know uh, the negative side of pornography, the negative side of adult films and all that. The darker side, the drugs, the the abuse to death and all that stuff. Let's just look at it for what it is. Uh, two adults, two consenting adults will say that. Um, just basically, you know, sharing that intimate moment with their bodies. And, um, you know, just storytelling like that. So um, that right there is... Um, You know, it's pretty interesting. So I'm not saying that, you know, as Navajos need to be doing porno, but, you know, what I'm trying to say is, um, the storytelling aspect, uh, the, um, there's, I'll give you an example. There's a young lady who wanted to do a mini documentary about living off the grid, you know, and also trying to, and trying to have solar power installed at her place and also she wanted to incorporate um uh, finishing up uh, doing a sweat lodge. <clears throat> so she she put out a post on social media asking if there was anyone interested in helping her. And I thought, <clears throat> excuse me. I thought, man, that'd be a perfect opportunity to stretch my ability to write. Let's see what it see what comes up. So I asked her, I said, you know, is that really something that you are you serious about it? Basically. And she says, She's like, Yeah, I'm serious. And I said, All right, well. I can contribute uh, a storyline. I can write a story for you. And it would be like a script. Uh, I said, how long is your documentary? How many, how long do you want it to be? She said about two minutes and 50 seconds, you know, just like, you know, two and a half minutes basically. And so I said, okay. So while I was busy doing some other things, I found time to write for her little story. And I wrote in there like some of the stuff Well, I asked her, you know, through social media, I was like, what, what do you want? to be said about this. What is it that you want to see? What else did you want to, you know, this is your project. I said, I'm, I'm just going to try to put everything together and add my own take on it and try to give you something readable. And so she gave me kind of like the rundown of how she wanted to write it or how she wanted to tell the story. And so I basically got the gist of it because then she threw some more ideas afterwards. So I kind of not so much jumbled them together, but I, um, I, I was looking at him and, uh, I was like, okay, well I can add this. I'm going to add that at the end when I finally sent it to her, she read it and you know, she said it was very emotional for her. She loved the way I wrote it. And, uh, she was thanking me for that. And I was like, Oh shit, man. I, I was like, I didn't know <clears throat> my, my, my writing was going to be that emotional. You know, and for me, I was just like, okay, this is how I'm going to tell the story. I'm going to add modern themes and old school themes, traditional themes, culture, heritage, put that together. (sighs) Excuse me. And then add healing. That's kind of like one of the main backbones of why everything is kind of like needs to be, uh, everything that, that is distorted needs to be put back together, you know, uh, through culture and stuff like that. And excuse me. And so she was, um, excuse me, she was pretty uh, happy for that. And um, then there was the, um, the other thing about um, that, what I was saying earlier in the opening of this uh, episode about the, um, doing that American primeval, the, um, that Netflix show, you know, going over there, it kind of put me back in touch with my roots, (laughs) my cinematic roots, you know, being a background actor or my background actor roots. And it was, it was really great to be back on a set again. And I ended up talking to some people, I ended up talking to this, uh, this tall genie guy, man, he was, he was a pretty cool guy. Um, we were talking about, um, well, in the beginning of the the shoot in the morning, you know, they were doing all these other scenes and stuff like that. And, uh, he was playing like a drunk guy at the, at the entrance of this fort. And I was just kind of, uh, pantomiming, like, uh, warming up next to the fire, and they put like cotton around the bottom of the uh, the fort to make it look like snow. It was pretty cool, man. And then uh, towards the end, after uh, after lunch, um, then we we end up uh, hanging out inside the fort, which was pretty cool. That they they actually made it into like a real life fort and a working fort. And um, they had this one expert come in and say what was. Um, to see the stuff that was inside the fort and say, you know, this stuff didn't exist in 1848. This stuff did, that didn't take that out. That's too modern. Take, you know, all this stuff. So the guy really knew his shit. He was an archeologist, I think it was. And so, um, uh, we, we ended up talking about the cinema and it, it was great to talk to someone who, you know, had that same passion, you know, as far as, um, how I've been trying to do things, you know, and, and he was also saying that, you know, well, he'd done like commercials and stuff like that. And um, so, you know, that that was his thing. And then for me, I just told him, I said, yeah, I just pretty much hang out in the background, kind of see how things work, see how things run. I said, uh, I'm, I don't really want to be in front of the camera, but if I have to, I will. Other than that, if I do get in front of the camera, I would like to have at least war paint or some kind of... Uh, special effects makeup on I said you know that that would be pretty cool I, I wouldn't mind that and I was like so then after that um, we were just talking about like the way uh, stories are written nowadays and we're talking about that that feminist m- movement and we were talking about how um, the way women write stories or screenplays I guess about other women it You know, they give them a lot of power, they make them the smart ones and all this stuff, which is fine, but it's been done so much to where a lot of women are not into that, you know, the that whole thing, that woke culture of feminism is, is dying down, you know, and... And I was telling him, I said, you know, yeah, I know it sounds sexist, but it, it's better if a man writes for a woman's part because the man knows cinematically what, what it is, the audience, <clears throat> what he wants the audience to see. And, um, <clears throat> so, you know, that was, that was pretty gook That was pretty cool. That was pretty good. I was gonna say gook. <laughs> that was pretty cool. And, um, or was I, or was I going to say ghoul? Uh, anyways, uh, so... That was, uh, you know, that was pretty cool, man. You know, And then there was this other native guy, he was a Navajo, he's a, sh- a little short dude. Um, we, you know, we kind of talked about movies a little bit, and he also wants to do his own film. And then there, after, there was this big old trailer called The Lunchbox, where everybody waits. Uh, I was told to go back over there, because there was a scene, they were shooting, they didn't really need anybody else. So, me and a few other guys, we went back over there, and this Ginny guy... Oh man, that dude's really talking away about. Um, he's talking to this other white dude about. Um, what was it? Um, uh, just basically doing like uh, independent films, and that's a lot better because you get to have control and you get to do what you want. If you're in a big budget film like he was in a few times, um, you don't get that. You're not. You're not even guaranteed that you're going to be on the actual in the actual film. Because he said there was some film that he was in that, that was kind of popular, uh, was it last year? When he watched the film, or when he when they were filming, he was doing his stunts, there was explosions, he was shooting guns. When the film came out, he didn't even see any of that. All that was on the cutting room floor, he didn't even see himself. And he said there was another film where he just saw himself in the beginning, the middle, and the end. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. But anyways, you know, stuff like that, it was, it was pretty neat. So uh, hopefully I get to go back and uh, do some more, but also on that note, you know, there's another guy who I'm trying to get out to, um, Clagato and he's also does filming, but he's also like an activist. But he's not an activist to the point where he like follows AIM, American Indian movement. They're a little bit too radical, you know, and that missing murdered indigenous women movement because he's got he's got some kids and he doesn't want to be he doesn't want his kids to be found out. And someone stealing them because he's trying to protest against like the Mexican cartel or whatever, whoever's involved. So, you know, it's understandable. But um, I'm going to try to get that dude out to Clagato um, next month. I I need to work on how I'm going to write everything, how I'm going to introduce it. Um, I already know what he's going to—I was telling him what I wanted him to say, and that was pretty much that uh, cinema is going to be the new storytelling way of us to do things, to leave legacies, to leave things behind, because this generation, obviously nobody's speaking Navajo to them anymore, so they're not really, you know— they're not really going to be interested in the stories by the fire or the coyote stories, learning lessons. They're not going to be interested in like the hieroglyphs or, or the petroglyphs. I mean, and um, so that cinema is the best way to go to it, to let them know, Hey, look, <clears throat> during this time, this is what the documentary was made about your, your che and must sons when they were in their twenties and thirties. And this is what, what was going on in the climate at the time. So, you know, I told him that and he and he had some other ideas. So last night we were talking over the phone. And, oh man, we, I was like, all right, man. And I wanted to really write it, but I knew I was going to get tired. So I was like, oh, I just don't want to do it. But uh, I pretty much know what I'm going to do with that. And then the other thing is, um we had a, as far as new school storytelling goes, and there was, um we had a presentation at the chapter house yesterday under the Clagato Veterans Nonprofit. So we had one of the veterans, he came over, he's a young dude, and he's a Marine, so he asked me, he goes, hey man, can I do a presentation during your diabetes event? I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead. So the the people, the uh, diabetes clinic, they couldn't make it, so I told him, hey dude, it's going to be your show, man, if you can just keep these guys entertained for about 45 minutes to an hour maybe. That's good. So what he did was he gave a presentation about healthy water, drinking water. He had this filtration system. And the thing about that filtration system was it got rid of a lot of the toxic stuff that's involved in the liquids, the liquids that we drink, not only water, but soda and coffee and, and uh, juice and all that stuff. And he was telling the people there, um, that in order to help fight diabetes, if Everyone were to invest in that uh, machine that he had, that pure, pure uh, purification system that they would be drinking like pure water and that would help out with their uh, diabetes, you know, it'd slow it down a lot because the stuff that we get in the water bottles, you know, it's not guaranteed it was made fresh like a month ago coming out of a, sh- uh, a fresh stream, you know. It was gathered, it was collected, it was stored, and then it was probably in some factory, put in the bottles, and then stored again, then put in back of uh, hauling uh, trucks like diesels. So then it's sitting there for a while again, then it's going to wherever it's going, and when it reaches its destination, it's probably being put away, and then after that, it's maybe a few more months before the the company runs low on that water bottle uh, company, and then they bring that one out, and then... So by the time you drink it, it doesn't have that, um, it doesn't have that effect anymore because it's already been, it's already been like not so much desanitized or not distilled, but it just lost its punch, you know, it lost its luster. So that was pretty cool, man. You know, and I just told him, I said, Hey dude, man, we got to wrap this up, man. I hate to push this on you, but you know, we got to hurry up because the chapter house is about to end. And what made us what made that happen was that there was a funeral reception dinner at the chapter house. So, you know, I, as much as I didn't want to do it, I had to go up there and tell those people, you know, I said, you know, uh, I don't want to seem insensitive to you guys, but you know, we're, we scheduled this day to have a, uh, diabetes class with through the Claggett Hill veterans nonprofits. So if you guys could just, you know, maybe four o'clock this is about two thirty. I made the announcement, I said, so if, by four o'clock, if you guys can just give us this space, you know, I'd greatly appreciate it. So they, they talked for a few more minutes and then, um, then they started packing up, people started leaving. So I was like, you know, I hate to be a dick, but you know, we got to get this done too. So anyways, so that's what happened. And I told him, I said, Hey, if you guys want to stick around, you know, yeah, join this diabetes class and find out, you know, what you can learn and how things can happen and all that stuff. So anyways. That that was yesterday. That's why we end up getting pushing overtime, and uh, you know I just had to pack up everything as fast as I could. And uh, catering came out, which was pretty great. And um, uh, catering brought some coffee pudding, so I'm gonna ask him to bring that again next time. It was pretty good. Other than that, um, yeah, that's that's gonna do it for a uh, segment number four. Now let's go ahead and jump into the last segment of the night. Uh, or the episode um this is going to be number 5 and it's going to be disappointing the ancestors last one here we go <laughs>